banker that somebody has serious. I've been an entrepreneur, investment banker, and board leader for about 25 years. Today we have about 25 registrants for the event. Thank you all for joining. Family business is a passion of mine, having grown up in a family entrepreneurs and engaged in a wide range of dialogue in business with fascinating family enterprises around the globe for two decades. I founded the Family Business Podcast to provide a valuable platform for listeners to hear from veterans, academics, and leaders in family owned businesses, enterprises, and family offices. Whether you're a seasoned family business leader or building a family office, these conversations are sure to be enlightening. Today, we have a special episode focusing on the wealth management side of the family office and the family business, with a particular emphasis on the utilization and empowerment of artificial intelligence, with one of the leading advisors of family offices and their long term wealth. Family business is a subject close to my heart, and I'm excited to delve into these topics with our esteemed guests. Today, we welcome John Bailey, founder of Lumina. John, it's great to have you here, my friend. Thank you for today. Adam, thank you for having me. I, uh, I appreciate it, and I look forward to our conversation. I'm going to brag about you for a bit, and then we'll dive right in. <laughs> Feel free. John is the founder and managing partner of Lumina Investments. Uh, this business is at the forefront of revolutionizing hyper-custom investing through data science and artificial intelligence. Luminite caters to family offices and advisors and institutions, provides them with tools to construct highly tailored, alpha-oriented investment portfolios transparently and efficiently, and typically at lower overall cost. From classic long-only portfolios to also complex hedge fund strategies, Luminite's aim is to simplify portfolio management using data science and AI, saving its clients valuable time. Lumini was uh, just recently named to the AI FinTech 100 and the WealthTech 100 list, acknowledging the firm as one of the top global firms employing AI and technology to overcome investment challenges. I've known John for a long time before he was a founder of an outsourced uh, investment office and MFO called Spruce. And uh, there he emerged as an early pioneer in alternative investments um, across the whole spectrum and also was the CEO of investing for a private company office prior to that. Um, has been around the community for a long time. So, John Stiverton, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. So, we'll have about a half hour here. Let's start with your uh, uh, your your background a bit and what brought you to launch Lumini, um, and then we'll talk a bit about the different types of family offices as your client base. Um, sure. Um, yeah, as you alluded to, um, I started Spruce. Um, Back in 2000, and we were an outsourced investment office with an emphasis on alternative investments. Uh, and we spent a lot of time traveling around the world, uh, you know, searching for and visiting you know, the best hedge funds and private equity real estates, uh, uh, you know, managers that we could find. Uh, and uh, and, and um, we would do asset allocation. And, you know, for public markets, we would invest in low-cost uh, ETFs, uh, so you know, passive investing. So it's kind of the passive plus the elephant together. Um, uh, and uh, and that was a great process. And it was, um, you know, overall, we were uh, very successful over the long run. But um, we noticed things were changing. Uh, and what we noticed was a lot of the fundamental players uh, really started to struggle much more. Um, this is especially after 2008, um, when financial markets, uh, government interventions, you know, were, were, were changing right. uh, the rules. Um, but we noticed the, uh, um, you know, some of the best players that just continued to really succeed were quantitative uh, managers. 
if you think of the hedge fund world, uh, many of the largest and most successful hedge funds are quantitative. So WorldQuant, and uh, D.E. Shaw, and Two Sigma, Renaissance Technologies, and, and, and firms like that. Uh, and so we morphed uh, from kind of the analog, uh, you know, um, um, you know, by hand, uh, asset allocation, manager selection process to adopting data science and AI, um, especially as computer computerized trading and, and uh, cloud technology and, and AI technology has gotten better and better. Um, so now we've morphed uh, over into what we think is actually a much better, easier, simpler, more efficient, more scalable process to invest capital. That's great. Now, where are you guys today? I, I love the name Illuminati. It's also about the brand and your 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 overall uh, mission and, and you know value set. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, when you say where are we today? Forgive me. Uh, are you are you based in uh, still in Connecticut or are you virtual? We are. We're in Stanford, Connecticut. And the brand name and the mission, uh, tell us a bit about that before we dig into the market structure. Sure, yeah. Uh, Lumini, um, you know, it, it's a combination of uh, lumen, uh, you know, the Latin word for light, uh, and AI. And it really means lighting the way or showing the way using AI and data science. Uh, and, and that's really our, our service. And that's what we have. We're a service, we're not a fund, we're not a product, we're a service for investors. And we want to use data science and AI to build portfolios. Uh, Family office, kind of 
family office lights, uh, which is really good for geographically diverse families uh, or families that want to use technology and uh, third party services to, to deliver services to their family. Uh, and then, of course, there's like a hybrid, uh, which is a combination of in house uh, and now, virtual, uh, if we go back to like my CFO, I think I sold the Harris Bank, but there was a, there was this initial phase of virtual outsourced family office platforms. Um, where do you, like, what, what was that industry like, let's say 10 years ago, where does that stand now? I think the technology is just so much better. And I think there's so many, uh, you know, between, uh, um, you know, cloud technologies and, and, and um, you know, other services offered, uh, you know, things like, uh, I think a very common example for families, for example, is, you know, outsourcing to, uh, for example, like Avatar for performance reporting. Um, and, you know, with cloud technology and, and you know, these kind of services, uh, I think it makes the virtual family office a very effective uh, option uh, for families. And, and I think it's the most cost-effective option. Or one of the most cost effective. Okay. Um, so, in terms of wealth creation, um, everybody likes wealth. Um, there are different ways to accomplish it um, in terms of illiquid, liquid, um, alternate asset spectrum, and of course, there's the risk profile and creating alpha in the in, in the wealth um, for the owners, right? Both internally and externally. So. So walk us through your views of the the broader health location spectrum and in general, not um, your views on uh, kind of the different asset classes and how you approach approach that. Um, moving into you know what does that mean for you in terms of using AI and how you decided to shift and pivot into being more of a, more of an early mover, if you will, into AI for wellness. Um, yes. Um, well, I think one of the, the reasons why we pivoted, um, uh, you know, there's efficiency, scalability, and so forth, and um, and and we've witnessed personally, uh, you know, attractive um, results. Uh, is uh, you know, many families are still kind of in analog, uh, adopting or using uh, analog kind of 1990s processes, you know. Uh, doing things manually, um, spreadsheets, uh, you know, kind of the, the old fashioned, what I used to do, you know, the old fashioned, you know, go and fly out and meet a manager and do your on-site due diligence and so forth. And, um, and, and, you know, those are good and effective and, and so forth. But um, what we're finding uh, is adopting data science and uh, artificial intelligence uh, really enables families to be and advisors to be much more efficient uh, and controlled and targeted in what they want to create. Um, so if you look at the asset allocation spectrum, um, and if you're trying to create high-risk adjusted wealth creation, um, well, you know, there's things, of course, there's stocks and bonds, but um, many families focus on hedge funds, private equity, private credit, private real estate. Um, we really like private real estate. Um, we also like private equity, although it's, it can be very expensive and it's highly illiquid. Uh, we're a bit mixed on private credit. If you're a taxable investor, it's not particularly tax efficient and, and it's also illiquid. Um, and 
frankly, you know, from a person who used to do a lot of hedge fund investing, uh, you know, we've changed our view to, to the point where we don't really think we need hedge funds at all. Um, you know, the fees are too high, the tax efficiency is too low, uh, there's lockups, gates, side pockets, lack of transparency, uh, and plus there's the risk of a made off or a blow up. Um, and the largest reason, the primary but reason. But hedge funds have been commoditized, not just as an asset class, though, but also based on the, the dramatic expansion of the big institutional players and technology arbitraging their alpha ranks. I think so. Uh, I, I think, you know, we used to, um, when we first started investing in hedge funds, we had very high alpha from it. We had a lot of access returns, very good, high risk adjusted returns. It was, you know, we were super happy, very pleased. Um, but over time, we noticed a degradation, um, and it just became more and more uh, difficult um, uh, over over time. Uh, and but at this point, with uh, data science and AI, you can actually create your own uh, hedge fund strategy, and you can completely customize it. You can have daily liquidity, 100% transparency. You can predict your custodian. Uh, you don't worry about. Uh, made off, you control how much leverage. So we just think it's much easier, better, more efficient. Um, so that's why we say you don't really need hedge funds. If you need kind of a long, shorter market mutual exposure, uh, you can create it yourself. Mm -hmm. Now we talk a bit about uh, also overlays for ESG currency tax loss harvesting. Maybe talk through a bit of the more complex elements of the portfolio construction, and then how did that lead you to create an AI? platform to drive alpha. Um, sure. Yeah. So um, if you think of the kind of the base asset classes, stocks, bonds, credit, commodities, cash, you can do it long only, long short, market neutral. Um, you can add to your point um, uh, additional um, uh, either overlays or, or services onto that. So tax loss harvesting, for example. Um, I, I know that's a very common, uh, uh, you know, uh, service or, or, or portfolio of aspects. Um, but one of the things we really like is if somebody creates like a long short uh, portfolio. So it's custom; they design it. You know, we design it together with them. But once you create it, um, tax loss harvesting on a long short portfolio is fantastic, especially on the short side. Um, so, uh, so that's a wonderful. Uh, overlay to to add for a taxable investor to okay. uh, but you can also add things like options you can add options for uh creating income uh for uh, uh you know protecting downside um, uh, and then you can also do things like currency uh, so with rising interest rates uh in different uh interest rate policies around the world uh, you know kind of currencies are back they're highly uh, diversifying uh, and uh, complementary. So, and they're very balance sheet efficient. So, you don't really need a lot of capital to add some currency exposure. Uh, and so, you can really kind of have these building blocks. And it's really what you feel comfortable. Uh, maybe you want something super simple, that's fine. But you can also create a pretty sophisticated portfolio as well. So you have really a concierge type of approach where you can customize the structure for the clients. Um, obviously, um, you've got a focus on the risk, also efficiency from the tax structure, and then there's the active management and, and driving towards the alpha. So, I think, like, what is your view on buying hold, the buying hold traditional um, 
strategy of the 60-40 and where is that um, where is that thing where is it going to be going in the next decade yeah uh, I mean you know it's always dangerous to forecast the future right because nobody really knows however <laughs> it, it would seem that the coming decade is going to be uh, a little harder to generate uh, the returns that people want and I think buy and hold, passive ETFs, things of that nature are fantastic bull market uh, uh, approaches and investments. But if we are going to be facing uh, a coming decade, uh, possibly longer, where it's going to be more difficult to generate returns, um, uh, those are probably going to be uh, disappointing. You know, those approaches will probably disappoint investors. So, um, you know, our view is um, AI can help enhance risk-adjusted returns three different ways. And I think this will be very important for the next decade. Uh, the first is through active management. So we are an active firm. Um, you know, we are there to you know, increase return and to reduce risk. Uh, and through active management, you know, whether it's through allocation or security selection, um, uh, you, know, you can add value and we would measure that through how much alpha is created or excess return. So active management is one way to enhance risk-adjusted returns over the coming decade. Uh, the other is active risk management, uh, in particular managing larger drawdowns. So if you're passive or buying holds, you know, you go up and down the market, and if the market goes down quite a bit, you know, you're going to be, you know, some percentage of that downside. Well, that's not what we want to do. We want to be much more proactive in managing the downside. So we'll be active and we'll reallocate the portfolio. So kind of reducing the larger drawdowns is the second way. Uh, and the third way is just creating portfolios that are very efficient from a risk versus return perspective. You know, or think of it as consistency, you know, the consistency of the portfolio. And let that compounding you know, occur over the, the long term. So if you can have a very efficient risk return, efficient portfolio, you can reduce larger drawdowns. And through active management, if you can create an alpha or excess return, you can say over you know, the long term, that can add significantly to uh, wealth creation. It's still a hybrid model, right? I mean, you've got your uh, systems, and I imagine that you've got a big barn of supercomputers in the back of the office, but then you as the CEO and um, the staff are still hands-on um, as a hybrid model so it's really man and machine which is it's kind of fascinating it's kind of you know chat gbt is very useful but then you still have to use it manually so um and, and our approach and our outline uh, walk us through you know the, that hybrid reality of the, the human judgment is still essential to be involved with the um with the machine um yeah, I mean, that's our, our view. Um, our viewpoint is man and machine are better together. Um, you know, uh, I think most families and advisors are kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're on their own. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, the human team making all the decisions and the allocations and selecting the investments and so forth, managers. Um, but uh, we believe that man and machine are better together as a combination. You know, uh, so if you look at the, the, the people, what are people good at? The, well, people are really good at figuring out what are the goals, <laughs> what kind of strategy uh, you know, do we want, uh, putting into context um, uh, someone's goals and concerns and risk and, and 
kind of, you know, becoming like an architect. Like if you think of building a house, uh, the humans are like the architects. Um, but the machines are like the contractors. And so once the architects design the portfolio, let's say the people design what they want, um, we think it's much better to let the machine kind of figure out how to do that. Uh, because machines are better at crunching massive amounts of data, identifying market drivers and patterns, uh, taking that to build efficient portfolios, manage risks, select the securities, rebalance, and then monitor. We're uh, monitoring every day. 80,000 uh, price points every day. Um, and so you're utilizing the best of men and the machine together. Um, do you know how many, do you know how much data throughput and calculations are being done by on your side every every day? Or is there a way to, to yeah, learn? Yeah, about 80,000. Uh, they're, they're looking at, uh, they're doing pattern recognition uh, across about 80,000 data points a day. Amazing. And they're trying to identify what are the most important drivers. And then once they figure out those drivers, they say, okay, um, you know, what are the characteristics of the securities that can do the best over the next three to six months? Uh, and then they rank all the securities that we're looking at according to those characteristics. And that's how we build the first one. Let's talk a bit more about the benefits um, of AI, and then we can finalize. Let's talk a bit about you know, from a fintech perspective and a financial services company, like what's going on in the market with the big, the big players? Um, sure. Um, there's actually a lot of benefits. I think there's so many benefits. It's, it's really hard for like a professional investor to, um, you know, not adopt or at least explore some measure of incorporating AI into their investment process. Um, you know, the, the first thing, so we talked about men and machine better together, right? Um, but uh, AI offers a tremendous ability to personalize and customize your investments. And, and it really offers the ability to very tightly control what you're building and, and kind of the risks that you're taking and securities you're investing in. So, so I think that's a tremendous plus. Um, plus, um, you know, it's very efficient, automated, and highly scalable. Um, and it's a self-learning and self-adapting process. So, you know, once it's built, it fits the efficiency is, is quite significant. Okay. It's so significant. It, it, it will, in our experience, it, it will save investors and professionals a significant amount of time. We were working with one chief investment officer of a very large family office, and we estimated um, uh, that we would save approximately half of uh, the CIO's work week in terms of hours. Um, because he was doing everything himself manually. Um, and we kind of built and improved his process and automated it for him. Mm-hmm. We'll save him about half his, half his work week. Now you can by the way, transparent, everything's yeah. liquid. You continue to build out the, for your firm as a boutique advisor, you continue to build out the AI uh, backend and coding and algorithms and, and capacity, or does are there, are there increasing economies of scale as you build the AI that you don't need to continue to tweak it and fix it and enhance it? Does it, because it, um, it might grow, you might reach the minimum returns of change, or it might, it might, uh, learn itself um, in general in your coding. 
How does that work? Um, I, I think those are extremely important uh, points. Um, there's there's two things. The first thing is, um, and I really took this from my experience in, in traveling the world and meeting with many of the best hedge funds on the planet. And I have a, I learned, uh, um, you know, uh, the importance of really investing with us. Uh, there's a tremendous difference between you know the top eight players and the next few down. Uh, and so when I was creating uh, Luminary, and I know we wanted to use data science and AI to create this efficient investment service, um, you know, uh, I had a very healthy respect for um, uh, the difficulty involved and the importance of track record. And so uh, as we're building up the AI, we, we partnered with a, a team uh, that's been around for 35 years, uh, and they, in our opinion, are one of the top uh, quantitative and AI investing firms in the world. Uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, they've got 60 plus uh, staff, mostly data scientists, uh, uh, you know, PhDs, uh, AI specialists, and so forth. Um, they're, they're researching, and they've got a very nice long-term track record. They've been through many market events. So when we were building this, um, we did not want to, we thought it was far too risky to try to build something from scratch because, well, it's, uh, you know, the, the risk of failure is, right, is actually extremely high. Uh, and so we could reduce that risk tremendously by just partnering with uh, or utilizing a group that's been proven through many, many uh, crisis events and over uh, many decades. Great. So, uh, but um, to your point, um, innovation in the R&D has to be continuous. So uh, things do decay, uh, and there just has to be a continuous process of improvement uh, and building out and new techniques and technology. And, um, uh, and so that's a process that, that really should never uh, end. Okay. We've got five minutes left, so let's talk about the market and you know, who for the listeners that may look at the market uh, from a wealth management, investment management standpoint, and, and they are really floating. So, but it's, it's a very amorphic market and very confusing or behind the scenes. So, just I guess big picture, which of the big firms are using AI um, in, in interesting ways, or who do you admire out there that are applying it in an effective professional fashion? Um, or who do you admire in, in your business? Yeah, I mean, um, well, I, I think that uh, the use of AI is in financial services is exploding. Um, I've seen data from you know, E&Y and KPMG and Accenture and so forth, um, uh, even the CFA uh, Institute. Um, will, will you have like statistics where you know, uh, you know, seventy-five percent of, uh, of you know, major firms are have identified incorporating AI into their processes as one of their top priorities? Okay, and that's over the next three years. That's my own. yeah. And, uh, and so it's banks, insurance companies, brokerage firms, they're moving very quickly to implement AI. However, um, 
overwhelmingly, they're doing it in operations, lending, uh, and compliance function. Uh, but there's going to be a massive upgrade of AI in those areas within the next one to three years. Uh, what you're not seeing a lot of is uh, AI in investing in the investment area. And the reason is because the investment area is much more complex um, uh, than like an operational procedure. I mean, global financial markets are so uh, complicated and, and things are changing so rapidly. Um, it's very difficult to uh, create value and, uh, through the investment process using AI. And so, um, uh, so there are actually very few players in the world that we see uh, that are adept at utilizing it uh, and that have the experience uh, in doing so. Okay. Uh, I picked a quote to reference uh, by, by Peter Drucker. That's interesting. Uh, related to innovation in terms of how we're looking at AI. He said innovation is a specific instrument of entrepreneurship that act that endows resources with a new capacity to create wealth. Maybe you're looking ahead at the AI. Um, I think it's still intimidating for people to really either understand it or use it um, as it's both uh, concerning and empowering at the same time. So, what? How do you? How do you engage in that conversation with a wealthy client that's used to more hands-on human management of their wealth into something that is is behind the scenes, albeit more efficient? What's that? What are those conversations like? You say? How does that? How does that work? Yeah, um, I think there it is a very broad acceptance of the value and importance of AI. Uh, and so it has really been uh, a tremendous acceleration in interest, um, uh, like an explosion of interest, and people see it as not just this kind of, you know, kind of quirky, kind of, you know, gimmicky kind of thing, but they see the, the real value to it. And so the interest is significant, real, and growing. And frankly, the whole chat GPT thing kind of just, you know, uh, exploded the interest uh, even more. Uh, but people see the real value in it. So we are getting a tremendous amount of acceptance. Um, you know, look, there, there are still people that, you know, they, they really uh, enjoy kind of a fundamental hands-on, uh, kind of a more of an analog process or that works for them and that's fantastic. Um, but there's a very significant and growing segment uh, of families and, and multi-client family offices and advisors that uh, want to adopt it. Uh, and uh, and we just see interest just continuing to grow. That's great. Well, it's certainly very exciting time, um, and it's 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 um, a big deal to see the government step in, right, and work with the major players in the market. The last couple of months, really get their arms around it because technology does tend to move much more quickly than we give it credit for. Um, so I wish you great success in continuing to enhance the lives and the wealth and the efficiency for your clients and seeing Lou and I expand into a bigger business. Uh, I really enjoyed um, observing the evolution of wealth management from a very more pedestrian, more traditional industry through the alternative asset explosion into where we are today. Um, so it would be great to see Luke and I 
to change and grow and, and navigate these uh, big markets. Um, any last words for our audience in terms of AI and your, your views on uh, your reason of today? Um, uh, yeah, I'll give you a, a, a quote and then just a, a, a one-liner. Ernst um, Young uh, says AI. Um, it says 96% of senior executives financial services say AI will redefine the financial services industry within the next two years. Uh, we see a lot of data like that, which is 96%. Um, so uh, we're seeing uh, massive interest. Um, as far as what we're doing at Luminati uh, and the impact on wealth management, uh, we just think um, using data science and AI, um, we just think it's a much easier way to build better, more custom, Lower overall portfolios that take less time to manage. And that's really the, the, the benefit for families and very high I know you serve a lot of clients, you're very busy, and it's great to have your time today. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, I would like to thank you, um, our listeners, and also extend and thank you, John, for your time and expertise today. Well, I really appreciate you having me, and, and I really enjoy your uh, your your podcast and and I wish you the best with it as well. Thank you. This is Arlen Smith signing off. Stay tuned for our next episode of the Family Business Podcast. Bye.